It's the song that gives Rose Simmons comfort right now. Andre Crouch's song, Jesus is the Answer. Rose is a deeply religious woman, and her faith has been put to the test. Her father, Reverend Daniel Simmons Sr., was gunned down with eight others by a white supremacist in the Charleston church shooting five years ago this month. Now as Americans in every major city take to the streets to protest racial violence, she joins us to say those unjust deaths must lead to change. You're used to seeing us on the evening news. This conversation's different. I'm Haley Harrison, and this is KNBC Nine Storytellers. She brought her message to Kansas City just last year, in fact. Kansas City Police and the Center for Neighborhoods invited her to town to discuss the 2019 documentary, Emanuel. Here's my discussion with Rose. She joined me from her home in Virginia. Rose, I just want to thank you so much for joining me. First of all, I want to ask, I know that we are about two weeks away from the anniversary of the tragedy at Mother Emanuel Church, and I just want to ask how you're doing. Yeah, you know... You know, every day is an anniversary for me. Every day. I think about uh, the loss of my father and, you know, the other eight victims and why they died and what what can we gain from their death? You know, where, where can we um, put this tragic set of circumstances into uh, a positive vein? What What can we do? So those are always my thoughts. Is that what you've tried to do the last few years is to try to provide some kind of meaning for the senseless act of violence that took your father's life and, and the others as well? Yes, uh, you are absolutely correct. That is what I've, I've been doing for the past five years, uh, working very closely with the film team uh, with the uh, movie that came out last year was in theaters, Emmanuel. So it was many, many months of uh promoting the film and, uh, you know, just meeting people in different areas of the country and uh, offering my condolences to the world for just standing with all of the families. Yeah. You came to Kansas City as, as part of your tour, and I know that you talked with police and the community here, and Kansas City, like so many cities right now, is experiencing a lot of anger and a lot of outrage over what happened to George Floyd and this moment that we're experiencing. And, and what is your message to cities like Kansas City and the people here who are so angry? Yeah. Well, you know, anger is definitely uh, an emotion if left unattended, uh, can spiral out of control. And I think that's what we're seeing all over the country. And it, it is um, sparking violence um, that it, it, we don't need as a country. Um, I am all for, I'm 100% in for our voices being heard for, you know, even, even when we raise our voices so our politicians and legislators can hear us because sometimes, you know, our voices are, are silent. But uh I, I don't condone violence. I think uh, every city, every city's mayor, every city's uh, police department, and hey, 
you guys have, you guys are ahead of the times. We did this last year. I was there in Kansas City with the police department, with um, your community officer, uh, um, Officer Jason Cooley. So you guys are ahead of the game here. You already know that you have to get community leaders, the police department, the community together. This is the way, this is how we solve problems. And I just commend you. I commend the city of, of um, Kansas City for that. So I think that peace definitely is the way. Love is definitely the way. Yeah, you're, you have been called an ambassador of forgiveness. And forgiveness can be kind of this loaded term. So for you, what does forgiveness mean? Uh, it's t total freedom. Uh, forgiveness for me is, you know, I, I hate to sound selfish here, but it's more for me. It, it gives me a place uh, to launch my emotions. You know, as I said earlier, if you know, if you put everything in anger, then it's going to become volatile, as we've been seeing lately in the news. But if you find a pathway of peace, and for me, it starts with forgiveness. You know, it starts with uh, it's total recognition of everything that happens. There's nothing blinding about forgiveness because you that's something that you choose to do. And it's totally a personal thing. So I don't, I don't, con uh, I don't have a problem with someone that chooses not to forgive. I offer uh, my avenue of forgiveness or how I chose or, you know, it got into that place. But um, it's, it's totally personal. But I do know that forgiveness is this overwhelming sense of peace for me. There's been a conversation among faith leaders in Kansas City that we've seen unfold this week, and I imagine Kansas City is probably not different from a lot of places, and there was um, a unity march with police and some faith leaders in town, and there was some debate among the community about should we be doing a peace walk before we've come to the solutions and seen the reforms that we're asking for here and that we're demanding, really. <laughs> not even asked. It's not a request yeah, anymore, yeah. right? So... Um, so can there be unity before we see um, results? Well, you know, I, I, I'm a peaceful person. So I, I, I don't see a problem with unity at any time. I don't think there's ever a bad time or a displaced time for unity. So my answer to that is, yes, you should do a peace march. A peace march is welcomed anytime. And I don't think that that is going to, sw uh, to sway or um, either convince or, you know, or, or for your legislators to go against um, what, what your citizens are crying out for. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just this hopeless uh, romantic of, of forgiveness, peace, and love. So that's always going to be uh, the magnet that draws me. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think that um, there's ever a bad time for a peace walk. Um, as somebody who believes in the power of conversation and the power of coming together to have those difficult conversations, do, do you ever get wary of constantly talking about, especially when it comes to issues of race and oppression, the same issues over and over and over and not really seeing the change that we need? Well, no, the first uh, question answer to that is no. 
I never get tired of the same conversations over and over. And yes, I do believe that even the smallest, a small spark of uh, change is greater than a huge explosion of violence. So I, I think that it's gonna take us hammering on this rock of racism multiple times before we can actually diffuse it or break it. So these conversations, although they began hard, but you know, when, when you have those unity walks and those, those peace times, you know, it helps it along. So I don't think racism is something that we're gonna solve in this country uh, in one conversation. It's gonna take uh, years, uh, maybe even the next two or three generations, but who's gonna be the generation to start it? Let it be us. Is there something about this moment that does give you hope or something that you see about this moment that's any different than other times that we've seen protests and civil unrest and, and these sorts of things in our country? Yes, I, it, it's, you know, it's funny that you say that because yes, I do. I, I see um, even in the violence uh, that we've been seeing in the looting and so forth and so on, I, I tell you the change that I see is in the legislators. I see that they are listening and I see that they are responding to this level of violence because I think um, with, the, with the young people, they are saying, hey, this is not the America that we want to be a part of. So you must change. You, you know, I, I think they, of course, you know, they, I don't condone violence. I don't. Uh, and, and it's possibly there's a way that we could have done it without it. But um, I, I see a change in le legislature. I do. I do. People paying attention who maybe didn't yes. in the past? Yes, more so than in the other incidents that we've had and the lives lost. I mean, there are so many lives and my, my condolences, my heart goes out to all of uh, the families, African-American families. I mean, any nationality of families that have lost a loved one due to uh, racial uh, terrorism is what I call it because it is terrorism, you know, uh, violence. And, and um, I, know, I know where you are. Um, I know you said that every day is an anniversary and that you mourn and grieve your father every day. Um, it, are there any plans for, you know, the fifth anniversary that's coming up here this month? Well, I think what has happened throughout the world, uh, COVID has, um, you know, put a stop to so many celebrations and commemorations. And uh, what I think what we plan to do in Charleston is a nine minute video of each family member. And, uh, but as we get a hold on this COVID uh, virus, I think, um, yeah, we'll come out with something really nice again to commemorate them. Nine minutes total or each family member nine each minutes? Each family, yes, yeah. each family. Yeah. Um, so do you see the work that you're doing today in having these conversations and being out there and talking about this as being I don't know, are you, are you, is this a way you're paying respect to your dad and the others? Of course, you know, every, every time someone's interested in hearing anything I have to say, you know, I have to uh, make you aware uh, that I'm doing this 
out of respect for my father and the other eight victims. And it keeps them alive. It keeps their story. Uh, it, just, it just keeps what they died for, um, you know, at the forefront. And it's, it's so important to me that um, you know why he died and uh, the circumstances surrounding his death, but also that his death also is sparking, you know, this revolution that we're having today um, in the race arena. And I, I, I'm so proud that he is a pioneer, I would say, you know, I would call it that. Not to, to not mention the Trayvon Martins and, and the other, you know, ones that we have lost to racial violence. But um, we're looking at my father and his circumstances. We have nine dead people in a church. And uh, that was something that the country could not ignore. And uh, without violence, I must say, uh, there were many things that came um, because of their death. The state flag, the, uh, I'm sorry, the state flag, the Confederate flag was lowered from the state capitol. And uh, this, this was not because of uh, violent protests or, or so forth and so on. You know, I, I quote it at bottom line level, and this is just my opinion. Uh, it was the least they could do. And I'm, I'm so glad that they did that because it had been uh, a, a, you know, a contention for the state for so many years. And um, they've also legislated that in June, it, which is a matter of fact, yesterday, June 3rd, that all state employees stop to remember the Emanuel Nine, which they are so graciously called, for at least an hour. So these, there are things that come about. Well, and in your state uh, today, we're just seeing that they're going to be taking down this statue of Robert E. Lee. Yeah. Can yes. Um, yeah. Yes, that's right. I'm a native of uh, South Carolina, but I'm a resident of Virginia, and I am here in Richmond, Virginia. And there's uh, there's been controversy. I've been here for over thirty years, and there's always been controversy controversy about the uh, the statues on Monument Avenue. And here we are, uh, here, as I said earlier, because of the protest, the legislators are listening. I'm not exactly sure uh, because you know they, they haven't made a formal statement of what they plan to do with the monuments, but I think it's more leaning uh, towards that they are gonna take them down, yeah. Um, obviously a lot of things need to be happening in this country that need to change. What would be a start? For you, what what do you think that we can we can start doing right now? Well, I, I think we've already done it. We're we're in the start. I think what we need to do now we need to uh, pass uh, uh, well policies and legislatures. Now I think that we we've, we've already done that as well. I think we need to live up to them. I think we need to get all community leaders involved. You know, I don't think there's a uh, one. Uh, thing that's going to work. I think there are many, many things that we need to do. And I think if we can all come together in some order and, uh, and just address the issues that we've had uh, in the past and find solutions for those. And even if we vow to one another to, you know, if, th if this happens again, that 
you know, we, we'll think before we act. And I, and I know that with police officers and law enforcement, you know, it's very little time to think uh, before in a life a life saving situation. So I commend police officers for their work. I thank them for their service. Uh, I'm not against law enforcement at all. But now we need to weed out uh, those uh, who may carry a badge, but are not badge worthy. So I think we, we should do that, yes. All right. Um, Rose, is there anything that you wanted to say, any message you had that I haven't asked you about yet? Well, you know, this, this is a song uh, by Andre Crouch from the 60s or 70s, I can't remember. And the title of the song is Jesus is the Answer. And I truly believe that. And I think that when we hold on to our faith, or we are faith grounded, and uh, we have faith leaders who are uh, involved in the community, I think it, it makes for a better community. Rose, thank you so much for joining me. You are welcome. This is my pleasure. And I so love the city of Kansas City, and I look forward to coming back again. We do too. All right, have a good one. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead, like, rate, and review. And if you have some helpful feedback for me after listening to our conversation, why don't you go ahead and reach out to me? Find me on social media. Thanks for listening.